that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni, and joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson. Ish, uh, another week passes. We are almost in February, which means we're almost in March. And uh, I don't want to alarm anybody, but that means it's almost tournament time. <laughs> Beautiful time of like year. Six man. weeks away. Yep. It's chaos. It's, uh, I'm doing good. I'm doing good. Uh, we're kind of in the middle of uh, it's like the, the second signing day. So it's not really the important one. Uh, so we're doing some like draft prep because um, a lot of the, college guys that we maybe didn't get to talk to were at, at Shrine Bowl and, and doing some draft prep. So we're kind of re- reaching out to them. I was at the Shrine Bowl practice yesterday at the Star. Uh, they got the game on Thursday, so I'm excited to go to that. Uh, and then, yeah, and then just watching basketball when I get home. So it's like football in the in the, in the the day and then basketball at night. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Same for me. Um, we have a lot of games and, like, different teams we want to talk about. You know, we, we said we're going to branch out, um, continue to branch out as more teams make themselves, uh, make it apparent that they're in the yep. competition to win their conference. Ultimately, that's all we care about here is winning your conference. If you are mm-hmm. in competition up at the top, then we'll we'll talk about you more. Um, if you're at the bottom, then usually we'll not. But uh, unless you have some scandal or something going on. So, <laughs> or if you then just we'll lost about players it. like TCU did, then um, – that we'll talk about you as well. Yeah. Um, but speaking of which, I want to start with the team that I think is the best in the country, but is not getting any love for the best in the country. Houston men's basketball. We talk about them a lot of podcasts, but yeah, they're f- still fourth in the AP poll-ish, and they only have one first-place vote. And I, I'm not one to say Ken Palm is the end-all, be-all. I'm not one to say advanced metrics is the end-all, be-all year. Um, but I watched this team. First of all, they're number one. They've been number one in Kim Palm mm-hmm. the entire, whatever. Number one defense in the country. Sure. Yep. Um, they had the two losses to Iowa State and TCU by four points and one point. And they were games where Houston very well could have won. Um, since then they've won five straight, including Tech, UCF, BYU, Kansas State, and now Texas in overtime. I watched the Kansas State and Texas games. Kansas State in in hell, 74-52 win. And then Texas, they win uh, 76-72 in overtime. And I thought that was an incredibly gutty win. Just everything that this Houston team is about. Jamal Shedd, Emmanuel Sharp. um, I just thought it was fantastic. And it's another win that reminds you, I think this team, even more so than the past couple years' team, like I have less questions about this year's team than I have had the past couple years' teams, and I'm trying to figure out why exactly that is, but it just feels different when you watch them. It feels like you're watching a team that should be able to make a championship run. Yeah, I think for me, I think this team is is better well-rounded than previous teams, and I think that's why. Um, I think defensively they may – 
I think they've perfected, I think, what Kelvin Sampson wants to do on that in that side of the floor. Um, we can talk about LJ Cryer, but but regardless, I think that the top to bottom scoring talent is, in my opinion, why I think I have less questions. The one question I do have is I think they don't have the that kind of guy in the last few minutes, right? Um, I think it can be Jamal Shedd at times. Yeah. Um, I think that when he's on, it can be LJ Cryer at times. But I think that they haven't needed that because of well-rounded scoring, right? They have Emmanuel Sharp, who's kind of emerged as a as a really reliable, consistent uh, 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 threat for them. I think he's developed a lot of his off uh, dribble game uh, this year and kind of off the bounce game um, or off the dribble game, excuse me. Um, they do have Cryer, who, again, we can talk about how what he's done well, what he hasn't done well, but I think he has a role. And I think they know that role, right? He is kind of their microwave shooter. And he, regardless of how inconsistent he may be, it hasn't hurt them because, again, he's just doing a role and in, instead of being like the feature guy. So I think that's why, in my opinion, um, this is the team that's top to bottom uh, more impressive. Uh, every time I see, I feel like I see a new graph or a new chart uh every day from like advanced stats guys in basketball and houston's always like near the top or like in like a quadrant of their own this year right yeah. um i'm trying to find the one i saw this morning um but my my guy my buddy uh will or yeah will warren he does a bunch of stats on uh, advanced stats in college basketball uh stats by will he basically like he's speculating that like a lot of the numbers are pointing at this team like rivaling uh, 2015 Kentucky, which is the platoon uh, yeah. uh, almost unbeaten run that they had before they lost to Wisconsin in terms of, at least in terms of defense, right? Offensively, they're still top 15, top 10 in the country. But in terms of defensive efficiency, they're le- they're legitimately putting up the best numbers we've seen in about 10 years. Uh, right now, they're about 80. They're about, they're first in the country in adjusted defense, but 84.6. That Kentucky team was 84.4. Right. And so this is legitimately historic stuff that we're seeing on that side of the ball. Um, And so, yeah, I mean, like and again, before people say, oh, you know, they played, you know, UCF stinks or whoever, like these advanced stats take opponent into account and take the schedule into account. Um, And so that's why, like last year, they maybe weren't as like rated as highly defensively because they're playing the AAC. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, this year they're just doing it right on that side of the ball in the big 12. So I I agree. Like, I think for me, they're a more well-rounded team. They're not as reliant on like a Marcus Sasser or Quentin Grimes. Um, Will that, will that need to change in the tournament? I don't know. I think they have options to where it could, where it could change, but they haven't needed it. And, you know, if they're good enough top to bottom, like, you know, the, the lack of what you would consider a traditional alpha in basketball is kind of not really an issue for them. Yeah. I think, Jawan Roberts, while he was he was good last year, um, mm-hmm. it feels like he has taken a, another step forward. Um, yes. I think as far as like percentages go, and as far as like usage percentage and everything, it's pretty like similar to last year. But mm-hmm. I mean, he has some plays where he I think it was the Kansas State game where he just had like a spin went baseline, just dunked it on everybody. You're like, yeah. okay, I guess. I mean, Jawan Roberts has, has yeah, it showed confidence. I think that's the biggest yeah. thing is he has more confidence in his offensive game. Uh, which is massive. And then you kind of rotate in Javier Francis and uh, Joseph Tugler. And I want to give Joseph mm-hmm. Tugler a shout out because every time he is asked with 
coming into the game, and he comes in in some tough spots sometimes if Roberts or Francis get in foul trouble. Sure. I feel like he's always delivering. I mean, he's averaging, what is this, like 15 minutes per game in conference, mm-hmm. and this is a true freshman who's coming in, and I think he's just been terrific. I mean, 11%, 11% block percentage. Uh, he's rebounding at a pretty high rate. So uh, I, I feel really good about the front court, but, I mean, again, that's not different to what we felt in years past. Um, I don't know. This year just feel, and maybe it's because they're going against better competition, right? Maybe it's oh, because- I think the, the fact that we're they're playing the same, right? Like again, in the Big Twelve, I think that's why we maybe yeah. feel different about this team this year. I'll say this: I don't know if there's enough hype around. Like maybe it's because guys like Shed or you know and and Cryer are kind of taking a lot of the the mainstream attention. Javier Francis is kind of like secretly their second i don't know if secretly i think he's their second best defender and like i think potentially based on potential and tools i think he might be their like their second or third most potential like talented player 12th in the country in block percentage he is he's ridiculous like his length is insane there was a there was a clip that will uh will warren posted um where he's like switched it was against byu where he switched on to on the perimeter and he's isoed and he just holds up and it's like, is it like you can tell they try to like isolate him and they try to, you know, reset the, 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 the ISO situation and they kind of give the ball, but they have run like a give and go. And he's just right there with them the whole time. And then he gets a block at the rim and it's just like, that dude yeah. is insane. He's seven, five wingspan at six, eight. And the fact that they can just deploy him at any time, right. We know that shed's yeah. going to get the toughest matchup, but okay, cool. They're, they're go-to players, a little bit more physical. Okay, cool. Francis go out there, you know, 20 minutes a game. He's going to give you, I, I don't know. It feels like this team has a lot more of the Kelvin Sampson-y type guys, you know, like Francis, Tugler, Roberts, guys that aren't going to put up 15 yeah. points a game. You know, it's just like, Oh, it doesn't matter. Like we just have a bunch of worker bees who are lengthy and athletic. <laughs> Is this this is this feels like the most Kelvin Sampson team since they made the Final Four in twenty twenty one? Easily, only three years ago, but still, it, it feels like yeah. it. Um, also on Francis, we both are from South Texas. I yeah. I always thought it was Javier Francis, and on the broadcast ish, can you tell me why they always say Javier? I Javier? wonder. I they think, say Javier, and I'm like, okay, well, they have to be getting told to say that. So right, I think gonna... it, I think I think it is Javier. I think because there is an apostrophe, like it's a J A okay. apostrophe V E R. So I think you know that's yeah Javier. That's that's on me. Of course we're we're no because I, I used to say Javier South all the time, and I'm and I'm like, there's no way it's actually Javier. There's no way. Yeah, I, but, I, but I there is an apostrophe after J A. So I think it is Javier. <laughs> I know too many Javis yeah. in my life. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's, yeah that's, there's definitely a lot of Javiers that we grew up with. <laughs> Um, okay. Uh, uh, real quick, any takeaways from the Texas side of things on their loss to Houston? I, 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 I I mean, I I think that this team is better than where I thought they were. Right. I think this is a team that I, I think has a ceiling and I think we're seeing that ceiling, which is talented enough to compete, probably not talented enough to beat some of the top teams consistently, which is fine. Like I, I, Again, coming off last year, I think it's a disappointment by that standards. But I think this is, in my opinion, this is a tournament team. And a month ago, I wasn't sure if this was a tournament team. Um, They are playing better. They're playing better. They're playing better. And I think that, again, I think the rotations worked out better. I think he knows the rotation now. It's going to be small, right? But 
look, Brock Cunningham isn't playing as many minutes. Kendall Weaver's coming off the bench, almost playing 30 minutes a game. Uh, Caden Shedrick is not the go-to player in the post anymore, right? He's nope. coming off the bench now. So, like, I think, Rod, it took a while, right? And it was kind of like backs against the wall. But, yep. I, again, I don't think this is a top 15 team, top 20 team, but I think this is a team that's going to make some interesting run, maybe interesting run in the Big 12 tournament. I'm very fascinated to see how they hold up in the tournament because they do push teams and it's like in the tournament, you just got to do it once. Right. Yeah. So I, I'm, I, I do think this is a good team. I do think this is a tournament team, um, which I couldn't say a month ago when they started one in, was it one in three in the big 12? Yeah. Uh, against Houston, so. Ace missed 43 minutes, Hunter, 42 minutes to suit 36 minutes, Mitchell, 33 minutes. And like you said, we, Weaver, 26 minutes. That's we, we called it pretty accurately here. Cunningham and Shedrick minutes just had to, get trimmed all the way down and they're playing yeah. it horton 20 minutes a game like i didn't i he's really not really a factor too much but he at yeah. least can, can kind of shoot the ball he can kind of play but um he's someone they've, they've put in at times but i think weaver is the perfect um puzzle piece there with the other four so and i think i'm curious if we see excuse me i think he's um i'm curious what happened to zarek on yama because i i thought he'd be somebody that would help out a little bit more now, I don't know if this is just, you know, Rodney Terry saying we don't need that. We need more scoring on that point. So we're going to stick with yeah. Sue and Kendrick. Um, but I'd be curious to see if he gets a little bit more run. Maybe Again, in the Big 12, there's not many, you know, powerful front courts. So, like, maybe he doesn't need, feel like he needs that option. Um, but I thought he'd be getting a little bit more run than he has been. He, he play, I think he, he went from double-digit minutes a while ago to, like, five, six, you know, he didn't play uh, last night. So, yeah. Um, staying on the Big 12, yep. TCU Baylor played a triple overtime game over the weekend, and um, it was off the rails. The it was nuts. Fell off, and then it just went to triple overtime. And there were times where obviously Baylor looked like they had it won. TCU comes down, hits a three. Uh, then Jacoby Walter hits a three to send it to, gosh. That was ended through the second overtime. Was that at the end of regulation? Uh, that was the. I think that was regulation. Yeah. So, um, Yves Messier into twenty five points. No, no, that was that was the second overtime. The Jacoby Walter three was the second overtime. Second overtime. He like yeah, pumped, again, it all he, like, pumped, he like pump faked, and I don't yeah. know who he sent into like the second row, but some <laughs> the defender just flew by in the second row, and he just held it right in front of the Baylor yeah. bench, and yeah, that was nuts. That game was crazy. <laughs> incredible um i i give tcu a lot of credit though because i i felt just watching it mm -hmm. it felt like tcu was the better team for a lot of that for a lot of the mm -hmm. game um yeah especially in the second half and overtimes like felt like baylor was the one holding on you know hitting the three to tie you know coming back and forcing them to to win the game which i give them credit for those are two teams though i don't know where they rank in kim palmer on the ap poll or whatever I'm not uh, separating see. them by much at all. Um, yeah, Baylor's 18th in Ken Palm, TCU's 23rd. I think you could play those teams. Those teams could play 10 times, and I think it'd be five-five. Yeah. So I think that's I think that's fair. Um, I mean, it was it was nuts, right? Like I, <laughs> I think that TCU. I mean, we can talk about we'll talk about Houston. I think Houston's the most impressive team in the Big 12. But like, I think TCU has been the most. I mean, all. Well, we can talk about the next team in a bit. Maybe the second most impressive coaching job in the in the Big Twelve right now because 
he I I, I gotta admire Jamie Dixon's ability to just kind of like it, it feels like the rotations are just like vibes based. <laughs> it's yeah. like you're, yeah. you're on today. All right, you stay in, you know? Uh okay, cool. You're not on today. You're not gonna play, you know, like uh Isa Mustafa, you're not on today. All right, cool. You're gonna get mm-hmm. six minutes, right? We don't need you today. Uh Jacoby Coles, we need you today, 20 minutes, you know. Chuck O'Bannon, like three. it's like cool. We don't we need you today. We don't need you today. You know, Baylor, what you get 23 minutes against Baylor. So it's yep. like it, it feels like he has such a good sense of like what the team needs and when. And it's like, like again, anybody, any coach in the country probably looks at Jameer Nelson Jr. is like, oh, you're starting. Duh. You scored 20 points at Delaware. But he's like, no, that's not what we need to start the game, right? We're gonna run a little bit more uh motion, we're gonna run a little bit more non-traditional sets, things like that. We're going to go big, right? Uday and uh, Emmanuel Jr. Like, we're going to go lengthy and big, and then you're going to come off the bench. And so, I don't know. Uh, we can talk about the game last night that uh, in a little bit, uh, but yeah, I just that. love yeah. the fact that Trey, t- I tweeted this out, Trey Tennyson is going from the Southland as one of the staples of that com- uh, Corpus Christi team to just doing it in the Big 12. And I, mm-hmm. I cannot tell you how happy that makes me because that team was good. And he is good. He's a good player, and I feel like he was like a very under the radar get for TCU when they got him. Yep. Um, I was not able to watch TCU Tech yesterday. I watched the first like ten minutes, and yeah. the first ten minutes were controlled by Texas Tech, and I was like, mm-hmm. yep. Castle has done it again." <laughs> and again, there's nothing wrong with losing. It looked on the that road. way. But, it really um, looked that way. Tech was up, they, I believe, twenty-seven to eighteen at one point in the first half. Yeah, it's pretty much when when I was I had to stop watching, but um. Tech, Tech was coming off of a loss to Oklahoma, or I'm sorry, a win over Oklahoma on the road mm-hmm. by one. And I was like, I tweeted that out. I was like, well, they're five and one in conference now. Graham McCaslin is just doing his thing. And I was like, if they beat TCU on the road now, this is just Graham McCaslin, coach of the year, Texas Tech to, you know, top four seed in the tournament, all those things. Mm-hmm. Um, TCU comes back and wins the game. Um, big win for obviously for TCU. 85-78, yeah. 85-78 puts TCU at five and three overall um, incredible amount of close games for them. Just yeah. crazy, crazy. Uh, and Texas tech is now a uh, five and two. I mean, uh, for me, the, the funny part was like, as I was watching this tech team, I just kept imagining you, how UNT fans felt watching like tech run like a two V four fast, fast break. <laughs> like mm-hmm. like pop Isaacs is like pushing the ball in transition and popping up for three with like three defenders in his face. I was like, that was something that never happened. <laughs> and yeah. it didn't. So it was fun watching a team, a Grant McCaslin team play with pace. <laughs> I, I think the biggest thing. So, okay. If you go to Texas tech, are you on yeah. Kim Palm right now? Uh, let me see. Go, yes. Go to Kim Palm, go to Texas tech and filter by conference only. Okay. Texas. Okay. Here we go. Filter. Ooh, they hello. Are they are not court. a good defensive team. <laughs> and they are dead last in defense in conference. That is cool. I did not notice that. I didn't notice it either until I Wow, they are dead last in defense. I, I was going to say they're, they're in higher scoring games. I knew that, obviously. Like, just watching them, it feels like it. But yeah. they – Graham McCaslin – I just we just assumed it. that you know like oh yeah they're probably well, if, fine. It like, makes sense though if you look at the we knew they weren't now. playing great defense, but like yeah. you just assume this like oh that means they're they're probably fine right in yeah. the numbers and whatever. But no, this is bad. Like they're bad. <laughs> Fourteen. They are literally first in offense. Fourteenth in yeah. defense. 
on is... on uh, on uh, offensive and defensive rating uh, in conference play specifically. So um, I think it makes sense from a perspective of Joe Toussaint and Pop Isaacs as their backcourt are literally sure. guys who, no offense to them, don't defend. Not but they can score the heck out the ball. Like, this is everything. And so then you go down the list, and it's like, all right, Warren Washington I still think is a, a good, capable defender. Um, you know, Chance McMillan, 6'3", wing, shooter type. Yeah. You know, not a elite defender. Um, so it's like the backcourt is just not getting the stops, and yeah. it shows up when they're allowing the highest assist rate in the conference, right? So that's a lot of that's just penetration and you get they get yeah. to their spots. Allowing well, the highest three point percentage. Speaking of, speaking of penetration, they're they're like last in defense. And a lot of Baylor's threes were collapsing the defense and they're just kicking out to Travian Tennyson. Yeah, for T- yeah, for TCU. Um, yeah, for TCU. So it's again, it's not a big team. They're 262nd in uh in average height sure. uh, in the country. So it's a that's an interesting little nugget there on Texas Tech because um, Graham McCaslin, I never thought we'd see the day. I never thought we'd see the day because I, I looked at their initial Kimpon profile. It's like, oh wow, thirteenth in offense, 79th in defense. Oh, that's a little shaky. And then you yeah. click on the conference only, and you're like, oh whoa 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 whoa, <laughs> what is happening here? <laughs> Red and I knew like again, like I they play they're playing with more tempo and, and fast yeah. break tempo, not really like. They're still kind of they're still slow paced when you know the other team scores, but like something that I mentioned, like they don't really UNT didn't doesn't and didn't push the tempo push the ball in transition, right? Uh, meanwhile, yeah, Pop Isaac's popping up, you know, again two v five or whatever, um, and he's kind of jacking from three. So I knew they were playing differently, and I knew the defense wasn't great because of a lot of personnel, but I didn't realize it was that that bad yeah. this year. That's so, crazy. Um, again. Yeah. I think that's why that's why I said Jamie Dixon, in my opinion, second best coaching job, because Grant McCaslin, is, he's this is not how he plays, and or this is not how he wants to play, right? We well, know how he yeah, how he did play, and if it is how he wanted to play, then what well, he did in North Texas is even more. Going back to Arkansas State, even going back to Arkansas State, that's not the way he played ball, you know. So like, I, I don't, I really don't think like trust me, I. I like Ross Hodge. I don't know if he was the one <laughs> saying like, we're actually going to play this way at UNT, you know? Um, but to me, the fact that tech, the fact that I can look at these numbers and be surprised to me shows how well overall tech has been playing. Right. Cause it's hasn't, it hasn't hurt them that much. Like it really hasn't. Of course you want to be better than last in, in defensive uh, efficiency on the conference, yeah. but I haven't looked at that tech team and be like, this team's a disaster on one side of the ball, yeah. you know? So I don't know. I mean, it, they lost that game and, and, you know, maybe that's TCU is the bad matchup for them because they have so many options that they're going to hurt you when you, you know, play that bad mm-hmm. of defense. But I don't know. I, I still, I didn't leave. I left that game saying this conference is nuts, right? Just yeah. like I left the Texas Houston game saying this conference is exactly. nuts. Exactly. They're two and two on the road now. So you take that. Uh, you win your home game, split your road games. You're probably going to win the conference. Yep. Um, all right, where do you want to go from here? What are I have a, a lot of other ones. Uh, a quick, quick news of note on the women's side. Uh, Baylor announced that they are retiring Brittany Griner's jersey, yes. um, which is really, which is really, really cool. Uh, it'll be on February uh, 18th, I believe. It's their Tech game, whatever the game they play against Texas Tech at home. 
Um, they'll be retiring. That, let me see, February. Let me get that date right. Yes, 18th. So, I mean, again, really cool opportunity. We had Nikki Collin on here. She talked about how that was something yeah. she wanted to do. She said she was um, going to do it. Yeah, she said she was going to do it. She, I remember she clarified a little bit saying, I'm trying to figure out exactly how or like exactly what um, or how to get it done. But she said, like, if if and when we can do it, I will. And credit to her, man. In Within the first season of them opening the new arena, they yeah. did it. And uh, it's going to be pretty cool because, yeah, I'm, I'm curious if you're going to get like, you know, Odyssey Sims and some of those other uh, uh, Baylor ex-Baylor greats back in the building because – do they have any other kind of jerseys? Back Texas Tech now, Baylor's gonna <laughs> like Baylor's gonna come out on fire in that game. Do they have they're gonna they're gonna run them off the court. <laughs> they're gonna run them off the court. <laughs> BG's I was, the I was just asking if they have any other retired jerseys. That's all I was asking. Let's see. Uh, yeah, so uh, I think this might be Brittany Garner's first game back. Like at at uh, she she went back to campus, but not the not a game. Since she's been back in the states, so that's why I think it's going to be a big night for Baylor and an unfortunate night for for Texas Tech. Yeah, this is their seventh um, women's basketball retired jersey. Sheesh. Odyssey yes. Sims, Odyssey Sims, Sophia Young are the two that I know for sure. Am I missing? Yes. Um, Which again, we can have a discussion, and you can you can mute you can mute yourself on this one. We can have a discussion on why uh, one of Brittany Griner's teammates has their jersey mm-hmm. retired but not her and uh, it took a new head coach to get that um mm-hmm. you know as Rudy smartly just just steps out well, i will allow him to step out of this conversation mm-hmm. but uh <laughs> as he leaves the as he leaves the car I, I can't be on the clip i can't be on the clip. <laughs> closes the window uh oh. but uh but anyway but yeah. it is cool to see that you know, that she's finally getting her due yeah for sure um I watched the, I watched some of, and I, I watched the highlights afterwards of North Texas women's against UAB, and I know we talked about North Texas women's last time, sure, but sure. Uh, this has become the most impressive team in Texas, in my opinion, and this has become the most impressive, um, just overall like season, yeah. um, for Coach Burton to come in here, and to be winning the games the way that he's winning. They won 87 to 72 against UAB in a battle for first place in the conference. So North Texas is now 17 and three overall and in sole possession of first place in the American Desiree Colonel into 28 points on 12 of 15 shooting with nine boards. Tamisha Lampkin, 19.7 boards, six of nine shooting. They end as a team shoot 56% from the field. Um, They are carving teams up offensively and mm-hmm. i don't know who's gonna stop them like I, I, charlotte's a good team um but other than that it's like i don't know who's gonna stop this team from winning the conference because they're just on an absolute tear right now and yeah. they got like at utsa and at tulsa their next two games maybe utsa can get something going but like utsa tulsa smu fau utsa are the next five games I don't set lines, but heck, if they, I'm, they should be like eight to ten point favorites in all of them. So we could be looking yeah. at a team that is going to be like, what is that, like ten and one or something like that, eleven and one. So something like that. I mean, not a good burden, man. No, no, hundred percent. Like one of the other teams that we thought about at the beginning of the year was Rice, and they've lost two straight now. Um, 
again, there's still, I think there's still like five and three in conference, three, but they yeah. you know they look they look you know they look a little down. Uh, they play SMU uh, tonight, I believe, while you, while UNT plays UTSA. So we'll have to keep an eye on that. I believe also uh, Malia Fisher is is out for them right now um, for for Rice. So like, yeah, I, and and they only get UNT once, right? So like, I you know even if Rice was probably full strength, they only get them once at the end of the year. So like, consistently, yeah, I think UNT is the odds-on favorite and should be the odds-on favorite to to win this conference, which. Is an, is an insane thing to think about because I mean, this team's in large part uh, obviously with two additions, uh, two big additions in Colonel and and Robinson, but in large parts of the same roster. <laughs> like it's a lot of the same roster at least. Um, it's just funny to me. They bring Dan, uh, he brings Diana Robinson off the bench, and she's been you know inconsistent at times. You know, kind of yeah. up and down. Scores 18 points on five and nine shooting uh, in in this game. Uh, it's like, oh yeah, she was a D two All American, wasn't she? <laughs> like it's just yeah, like one of those man. moments where you're just like, oh yeah. <laughs> they just rotate her and more and Wooten, and they have great depth. I mean, they legitimately go eight deep. Um, there's just no flaws I can see on this team. I mean, I, I haven't looked at the her hoop stats numbers. Let me yeah, her hoop stats numbers on on them, but like. I just I don't maybe there's one flaw where I'm not thinking but like they turn the ball over some uh, but they're just so so damn good at all the other areas. Let's yeah, see. I was about to say on both sides of the ball they're 20th in field goal percentage, 29th in field goal percentage allowed. Yeah, I mean they're 93rd right right now. Her hoop stats has them as 93rd in the country, which is nuts overall. Like their overall rating, which is nuts considering a year ago. Yeah. Um, yeah, first in the conference in field goal percentage, uh, fifth in field goal percentage defense. But, By the way, I mean, credit to credit to Burton for calling, basically calling his shot with Jocelyn Moore, saying like it's just a confidence thing with her. Yeah, right. Like we asked her about, we asked him about her at the beginning of the year, and was like, hey, she struggled last year, but you know, what have you seen from her? And he's like, oh, just confidence and staying with, it. and like everything is up for her. Her scoring's up, shooting's up, all this. Like he just knew how to kind of talk to her and get her going again because. Last year looked like we weren't going to get that. Looks like it was looking like a Zach Nuttall situation. Yeah, she's shooting fifty nine percent from two, thirty uh, percent from three. Um, Desiree Colonel shooting fifty seven percent from two and forty percent from three. Just ridiculous. Um, so yeah, North Texas um, is going to continue to win, and we will continue to talk about them. Uh, another women's game that I watched a little bit of, but I thought we had to note Lamar. Beats Southeastern fifty nine to forty five. Um, I what what I did watch of this game. It took me zero time to analyze and say, mm-hmm. all right, well Lamar is just bigger, stronger. Akasha Davis nineteen and seventeen. Um, they're just big. They're strong. Yeah. Sabria Dean. We we talked about her game, and it's kind of like like a Chris Paul esque, but like a bigger version, stronger version. It's like, all right, get to your spot, finish, you know, um, she ends with 11 points and 13 rebounds with five assists. Um, so you have those two doing a lot of the work. Um, but overall they out, they have 18 offensive rebounds. Uh, just very, very impressive from Lamar, especially you, you, you start off watching the game and uh, Southeastern jumps out to like a 11 to three lead. And, Essentially, from the rest of the game, it was just all Lamar. So, um, I wanted to note that real quick because 
this Lamar team is now, I believe, seven and one in conference. And they have Corpus this weekend, and I am going to be tuned in for that because I haven't seen a Lamar game yet. Um, so I need to. I'm going to get eyes on that because I want to see this team take on Corpus very badly. Yeah. yeah. So um, I think that is. Let me see. Let me check the standings on that. Yeah, that uh, is for that would be for for uh, potentially first place. Both both at seven and one in conference. Yeah. Damn. South one, yeah, seven one seven, and the south, uh, southeastern's now at seven one as well. That's a big win. So uh, yeah. those are the top three. Um, there, I think it was southeastern beat AM Corpus Christi by like one or two earlier, mm. early on. So yeah, those three are just going to be fighting. What a what a job from um, Lamar um, this year to to get things right. And the last one that I had any like in depth thoughts about. Texas Southern men, <laughs> I I got on them a little bit last time. I was like, all right, are we just not going to care about them? You know, are they yeah. not going to show up? You know, what's going on? And since then, they've won two straight games. And the big one, though, was against uh, Alabama State, who uh, I believe was 5-2 and two, or 5-1 and one going into that game. Texas Southern was 4-2 uh, and two, or 4-3. and three. And they played at Texas Southern. And I, I love these broadcasts. Because the microphone is way too close to the broadcaster's mouth. And <laughs> it is just, I don't, I'm not going to do it as an example, but it is yeah. literally just on top of everything. <laughs> oh my gosh. Every, you hear everything. Yeah. And it makes the last few minutes of this game, which were, it was pretty ugly ending. But Texas Southern yeah. wins basically off four free throws in the last two minutes and wins the game. And the broadcaster is just going crazy <laughs> the whole time. And every time I watch the Texas Southern broadcast, the fans, they like fill the lower bowl, you can tell. And they're yeah. just standing up. You know how, you know, the te- Texas Southern, they just get into it and yeah. they're going crazy. And Alabama State, I don't think, scores for the last like two and a half minutes. And Texas Southern, like, there's no buckets being made. And Texas yeah. Southern wins the game off of four free throws in the final two minutes. And oh they were down 55 to 52 with two and a half left. And they went 56 to 55 um, off free throws. So, I mean, yeah, I, I, you know, them. neither team shoots over 36%. Pretty crazy. I was about to say, I think, I think that I want to say Texas Southern has turned around and had the best defense on the slack so far um, this year. And also, like we mentioned it, how like, hey, are we going to pay attention to them? Five and three. They're one game out. Of, they're basically a half game out of first. Um, you know, there's a two, there's a three way tie for first, but they're half game out. They just beat Alabama State. Um, they, again, we'll, we'll, we're on Johnny Jones watch again apparently because uh, he's doing the damn thing. Yeah, their offense isn't very fun. That's the I will say that's the funny. That's the thing. Their offense is not fun to watch this year, which is something. Which is a little bit of a different. Right. I was about to say that's kind of the thing. Is like they kind of get out and run, and they're all kind of like you know, it's it's kind of just freelance but not freelance ball but like there is kind of like a free-flowing aspect and kind of a a a freelance feel to it this year is not that at all or if it is they just ain't making shots or whatever because like it's just not fun to watch but they're like but they are the best defensive team in the in the conference this year so yeah it's been a nice little switch on what we've kind of expected pj henry 21 points on 6 of 15 shooting uh jonathan cisse 14 points on 3 of 8 shooting with 10 boards um it's fun. It's just funny watching them. They um, 
like you, you can just tell the talent is there. Like when you watch Henry and Cisse and some of these guys, and you're like, they clearly have some talent. And also, it's just incredible. Texas Southerns, like if you look at their box score, mm-hmm. they have five, six players in double figure minutes, and then they have like six other players that play between three and eight. It is the most obscure, like random <laughs> lineup generator. And again, I haven't watched every single Texas Southern game. It's just like. Yeah. Um, it's just funny to watch, but, uh, yeah, great broadcast experience. Uh, the fans are always into it. Um, I remember when last year watching Texas Southern and Prairie View and it was the same thing. Just Mm. every single bucket down the stretch was a battle and the broadcast was going crazy. Um, so yeah, it's on YouTube. If anyone wants to go, uh, check that out. Just go to the last two minutes. Um, but yeah, that's it. Um, I did say we did say we were gonna talk about Stephen F. Austin women's against. I know, Cal I know, we did. I didn't get to catch place. the game. Oh, it's it's okay. It's all right. They lost by twenty two, uh, ninety seven. <laughs> I actually didn't know that until now. <laughs> ninety seven oh. to seventy five. So, okay. I, that's where I went. You know, do my homework a couple yeah, days yeah, ago. Yeah. And da, 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 da. I'm like, all right, well, we said we're gonna watch the SFA game, and I saw they lost by twenty two. I was like, we could pick Never a different mind. game. We can pick a different one. We, Let's not do we'll that save the, the trouble on that one. There's other games to talk about. But, yeah, uh, yeah SFA drops that one. Still, obviously, 7-2 in the conference. Um, and then, real quick, two teams that I need to watch more of, we need to talk about probably next time. Mm-hmm. Tarleton State men, the best team in Texas in the WAC, 6-3. and three. Corey Smith okay. is hooping right now. Hooping. Okay. Um and Sam Houston State, the best. They have, a, uh, they have ACU. Tarleton has ACU tomorrow. I know ACU is not very good this year, but just to get some eyes on them, I might yeah. I might check on that game tomorrow. Yeah, so we'll have we'll check out Tarleton and then Sam Houston State beat UTEP sixty to fifty six, tied for first place in Conference USA at five and one. So those okay. are the two we'll hit on. Um, I like next it. time most likely. So sounds good to me. All right, um, that's it. That's all we got for y'all today. Hope y'all enjoyed the uh, the podcast. Um. Stay tuned. I mean, the basketball season continues to unfold uh, with all of the uh, twists and turns. So, um, yeah, leave us a like, comment, share, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you haven't already. Uh, thank you all for joining us, and we will talk to you all later. Oh, and TikTok. See, it's didn't Yes, mind and TikTok. I'm putting clips on there. Uh, doing pretty well, too, so appreciate anybody who's uh, who's following that. Uh, give it a follow, too. There's getting a lot of there's We're getting a lot of views, but not a lot of follows right now, so – Hoping that we can get that going. I'm sitting around, um, my friend. Here, yeah, if you're if you're a uh, if you're one of the few that have joined that have found out about us via TikTok and maybe wanted to listen, welcome. Uh, we do two episodes a week, so yeah. Uh, thank you for joining. If you are giving us a giving us a courtesy listen. Yes, talking ball as always. Um, but yeah, thank you all for joining us, and we will talk to y'all later.